Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Well, welcome everyone. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship at The Ridge, and I'm also your host for Beyond the Sermon. And with me today, I have Ridge Lead Pastor Mike Van Rees. Mike, welcome. Yeah, good to be here with you, Will. Yes, always good to have you. Mike, we were back in the Gospel of Luke this past Sunday, and you highlighted a passage that contains not one, but two miraculous stories, both of them really stunning in their depiction of Jesus' power and His compassion, actually. But I want to just start by reading a quote from your message. It was just something that resonated with me in particular. You said, do you want to spend your life talking about God or do you want to know him? Do you just want to read about God or do you want to do life with him? Do you want to just remember what God has done in the past or do you want to be filled with him in the present? And I have to say, I know personally for me, it's easy to get into like theory about God, you know, reading about him, talking about him, teaching about him, but sometimes forgetting to press into my relationship with him. So, Mike, what are some ways we can steer away from just kind of talking or reading about God, but truly getting to know him, to to talk with him, to hear from him? Yeah, and I think that what really gripped me about this passage was it was a little different answer than what I would probably just give if someone asked mm. that question. That's what was striking about the passage. And this, it's not a, hey, here's here's all the ways to be able to connect with God, and you can do it this way or that way, or laying out all kinds of spiritual habits. Fascinating thing about this passage, two individuals both approached Jesus, and they both deeply wanted connection. You know, they, they were both seeking Him pursuing him. And I think that what I see in there is it's not just about that drive. They Mm. deeply had a desire to know God. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so that desire is the thing that I think was really um, striking for me because, you know, if there are things in life that we really want, we typically find a way to get it. Right. We're pretty good at that. We are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it's important enough to us, we can find ways to be able to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, how important is it to us? So I think in, in this passage, I would say beyond uh, just you know, theological, the question and, and maybe the challenge there is is hearing God saying, do you want to know me really deeply? How much? You know, not just playing cultural Christian, not just saying, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, put me in that religious group. But God's saying, do you want me that much? That drive within us is a hard one. You know, you can't just impose that. You can't just fake that. We talk about like when in hiring employees, you know, there's a whole field and study in that, some different characteristics to look for. One of the most significant traits that people are looking in hiring staff is drive, mm-hmm. initiative. Um, do you actually want to dig in and do this well? And that's what I kind of hear in this passage is God saying, well, how about you? Do you have that deep desire, that drive 
to know me. We see it in like Psalm 63 where, you know, the hunger, I thirst for you, my soul longs for you. Um, and that probably came from the pen of David, who was the man mm. after God's own heart. So I guess I'd look at it and say, I tend to to want to think how to, how to, how can I get that? You know, give mm. me the give me the bullet points, give me the how tos. In this passage, I don't so much see God saying, "Here's how to." He's saying the question is, "Do you want to?" Because if you want to, if you don't want to, the how to doesn't really matter. Yeah. The how-to then, if you don't want to, you're just going through the hoops. So to me, this is really an, an internal spirit check to say, do I want to? Do I really want to know God? Do I really want to grow in my faith? Uh, and if so, uh, you know, how much? How deeply? What am I willing to do for that? And so I guess where I, I would go and maybe end the question, because you do ask, well, a little bit of the how. So how do you do that? Because I don't think you can just impose that drive uh, internally. So for me, I think the thing that kind of flames the fires for to, to create maybe a little bit more of I want to in growing in my relationship with God is just pondering the simple gospel. Mm. Uh, just spending some time thinking and realizing what God has done for me, thinking about the cross, thinking about how amazing what he did for us is, when those simple truths dwell in my mind, then typically opens up my heart to realize, yeah, wow, I do want to pursue him. I mm. do want to, to to pursue him, maybe in experiencing him in some deeper ways than I am today. I would agree with that, Mike. I think, you know, when I think of worship, when I think of personal devotion to God, so often those things are responses to initial revelation of who God is. I was reading a psalm recently that just talked about the glory of God and the majesty of God in creation. And that that stokes the fires of, of my heart that I then respond in worship of him. Or I go in and sit in my deck. It's not very big. Like, it's just a small deck, but it means the world to me <laughs> because I'm able to go out there in the evenings and I can look up and I can look up at the night sky and I can see the countless you know stars in the cosmos all of which god has made and it inspires praise and worship of him remembering again who god is so i i love that you've brought that up because i think when we're thinking about that passion for god so often it is through revelation of who he is by his holy spirit not only in creation but also looking to the cross looking to the resurrection looking to the gospel and I want to just say this, Mike, I don't know if this is totally relevant to the question, but I think it's an important thing to realize, and it's quite profound, I think. At our core, I think, as human beings, we we're really made to be known and to know others. You know, when you think about the most fundamental thing for human beings, it's relationship, right? I mean, you get to the, if you get to the end of your life, you get to, to look back. It's often the most meaningful thing really is those relationships and how healthy they are and how many of those meaningful relationships that you have. How telling then that the main thing that we're invited into in our lives is relationship with the one who made everything. Mm -hmm. And that's why Christianity isn't just kind of like a club to join or a religious box to tick. But actually, it's at the core of what it means to be a human being, is to be in relationship. You were made for this relationship. And so that also inspires me to an intentionality. I want to I grow in that relationship. 
because it's the central thing in my life. Mm-hmm. I, that I just realized that recently. I was just like, man, that makes a lot of sense, you yeah, know? Yeah. And relationships aren't static. You know, right. It's something that, that takes investment, it takes work, but there's growth. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Okay, well, Mike, just looking at our passage, uh, the woman who touches Jesus had been experiencing chronic illness for 12 years. And I know you've had some personal experience of this in your own family, but also pastoral experience of coming alongside people with debilitating illness. I just wonder for our listeners, would you have any guidance on how to come alongside friends or family with chronic illness, uh, how to come alongside them in a helpful way? Yeah, I think one of the the tendencies, particularly of followers of Jesus, is that we need to say some words of Christian wisdom that are going to turn things around for them. Mm. Um, No, I think I'd rather say we're better off avoiding Christian cliches, Mm. because typically the Christian cliches, they don't work, and they don't Mm. fit, and they're overgeneralized. An example would be um, in, in a difficult situation, sometimes I'll hear, well, God won't give you anything that you can't handle. Mm. Well, that's not true. (laughs) First of all, it's not in the Bible. Second of all, it's not helpful. Um, And third, that's just not what we see God doing consistently throughout history. He gives people things that we can't handle all the time. You know, Moses, could he handle the Red Sea being, you know, a barrier for them? They were trapped. No, that was way more than he could handle. Um, David and Goliath, we like the story. Goliath was more than David could handle. God oftentimes puts us in situations that are more than we can handle, and he does that so that we realize we need him. Mm. You know, we need his strength and we Mm -hmm. need his power. So that would be a Christian cliche that does a lot of damage. I think you've probably heard one, too. It's like, well, God God will use this for good. I think that's true. But Mm -hmm. that is my theology. I do believe that God can can use all things for good. But when we throw that out there, what it does is it really belittles the pain. Yeah, he he can bring good out of this, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It's okay to be discouraged. It's okay if you're you're feeling pain in the midst of it, and that's where moving into the Psalms or people just sharing their raw emotions with God, and a lot of the raw emotions are negative emotions, um, discouragement, um, not being not seeing things that they want to see. So I think there's a value in letting those things flow, letting them out, giving that kind of space. So I guess to to answer your question, I think don't, you know, avoid the Christian cliches, but then do this, give safe places to share. That's important. Uh, And and that's probably more listening than talking. Mm -hmm. It's probably asking more questions, allowing the person to be able to to vent and to share and to express things that maybe um, they aren't just on a typical conversation able to share. But let those things come to the surface, you know, draw them out. Our goal isn't to fix it Mm because most of the time we can't fix it, Mm -hmm. but just to show that we care, you know, you're important. I want to know what's going on with you and what you're experiencing. What comes to mind for me, Mike, was uh, from Pastor Rick Warren. Most people know who he is, former pastor, I guess, at Saddleback Church Mm -hmm. in California. And uh, they've had some really difficult things in their life. They lost their son, uh, through suicide. And I can remember him giving some advice to people about coming alongside people who are suffering or chronic illness, that kind of thing. And it was quite blatant, but he said, show up and shut up. Mm. And that was yeah, spoken, I'm sure, out of a place of pain. 
because I'm sure there was a lot of well-meaning people who came and people just, we feel like we want to say something that's going to make it better. But so often the most meaningful thing we can do is have a heart just to, to listen and to learn and coming alongside others, acknowledging mystery as well. Because so often I think we try to figure it out of what God's up to. As Oz Guinness said, uh, author and theologian, you know, we may be in the dark about what God is doing, but we're not in the dark about who he is. That's a paraphrase of, of something he said, but I think that's so helpful because so often we feel like we know who God is and we want to know exactly what he's up to. But so often when we come alongside people who are in that place, I think we have to acknowledge mystery sometimes. Just say, I'm sorry, I, I don't know, but I'm here and I'm, I'm willing to listen. And so, yeah, but I would agree. I think the showing up, don't underestimate the value of that. Showing someone cares, someone really, what, what I'm going through makes a difference. And we don't have to have all the answers. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's even the expectation. Right. Okay, one last question. Uh, just again, looking at the passage, we've said in the podcast before, how these miraculous stories you know, can encourage us. They're a reminder of God's power over sickness and death. But Mike, you shared in your message how this gives us hope, not only for the present in this life, but also for the future. I just wonder if you could revisit that again uh, and just share, because uh, I thought that was really it was really meaningful. Yeah, it's, I think it's part of the passage that does point to there's more to come. Mm. Um, and, you know, what we're experiencing now is is just a, a short piece of really eternity. Uh, and, and it's a really fascinating perspective. You know, I spent a summer as a chaplain in a hospital, and that was really eye-opening for me. Uh, the, the floor that I was on was a terminal illness floor. Mm. Um, and so, you know, you're encountered a lot of death and I hadn't encountered a lot of that until that point in time. Uh, a couple fascinating things stood out for me. And one of them on this floor was uh, a renowned atheist. And I talked a lot with the nurses and the staff and they shared, yep, that's who this person is. And mm-hmm. he was well known. I'd kind of been aware of him and he was unresponsive, it was just a matter of time uh, and, until he was going to die. Well, uh, Interesting thing happened. I, I get called in. It was paged, and the staff and the nurses on that floor—they were—they're kind of freaked out. And that doesn't happen very often because they get used yeah, to their same death yeah. day after day after day after day. So I'm like, wow, what is it that really got them rattled up? And what it was is this man who was um, a leading atheist in the community. He'd been unresponsive for about ten days. All of a sudden, he sits up in his bed, and he had an expression of terror on his face, mm. and then he flatlined. Mm. Um, and they were really having a hard time dealing with that. Mm. Uh, the thing that comes out of it is, well, what did he experience? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is, there is something more uh, right. after this life. And then th- there are stories on the flip side of, of that that I probably enjoyed hearing a little bit more, but patients that were unresponsive. And yet at the very end, uh, the nurses would share stories of how uh, people would just open up their arms like they were being embraced. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, flatline after, mm. after that. But the, the thing that's seen is, wow, something's happening. Yeah. Uh, something that we can't fully see 
but it gives us a picture of what it is that ha- happens after death. What I loved about in, in this passage in the Bible is the opening your eyes. What's the first thing you see? Jesus. You know, what's the first thing that you feel? Well, Jesus, you know, holding her hand. What's the first thing that she hears? Well, it's it's Jesus. And we're not going to get all the miracles that we want on earth, but death for the followers of Jesus, the, the biblical perspective we have on that, death for the followers of Jesus, that's the biggest miracle. Uh, that's when everything is going to be restored, you know, and everything's going to be redeemed, and we're going to be there with him in a, a creation that doesn't have the effects of the fall. So miracle, yeah, it's going to happen. might be at that point in time, but that's when the greatest miracle, it's it's still yet to come. Mm. And that's what speaks so much hope into the present that we see we see so much good in the in the world and and we do see the miraculous you know we see people getting better and and miraculously healed and yet at the same time there are a lot of situations where we have those questions and yet we have this hope that in the end in the end that God is going to make all things new new heaven new earth and that is quite extraordinary to begin to think about that. Uh, we're just about to jump into a study with the young adults on heaven. It's one they requested. It was wildly popular in terms of vote. But I've just been looking into that and just to think about a world that is empty of death and, and suffering and pain and sin is a, an amazing thing to think about. And that it's not a pie-in-the-sky, hypothetical kind of thing. It's a tangible place that we will be in and we will be with him for for all of eternity. And that's an amazing thing. I mean, if you need a shot in the arm in terms yeah. of <laughs> yeah. in terms of your faith, I mean that that just gives you that. And I think in the ministry of Jesus, we have a bit of an insight into what that is, the kingdom breaking through. We saw glimpses of it, but we will stand in that place of the kingdom fully come. For all of eternity. And that, man, that's that's good news. Yeah, it is. And it, it's hopeful and it's and it's kind of mind-blowing too. I think of like, well, Moses in the Old Testament, he's like, God, um, I want to see you. Mm. And God's like, you can't handle that. Right. Just, you know, <laughs> right. the glory is more than what you can handle. And with, you know, uh, Elijah, and he goes to the cave and God wasn't in, you know, the wind and wasn't in the storm, but was in the still small voice. And, you know, it's like, wow, it's hard for us to possibly fathom what the glory of God mm-hmm. will be like. Um, we do know it's more than we can handle now. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point in time, it'll continue to be mind-blowing blo- mind for us. Mm, that's awesome. Well, Mike, thanks again for your time. As always, love having these conversations with you. And thank you for listening. Always grateful for you joining us on the podcast. If you haven't checked out our other podcast, the Ridge University podcast, feel free to do so. Uh, Plenty of series on there that are all geared toward helping you grow in your relationship with God and live as a follower of Jesus. So thanks again for being with us. We'll hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at The Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. 
Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.